0: Welcome to another episode of Couch Conversations with Be
1: Well PBC's Community Connectors. Couch Conversations is a place for community and leaders to get together to talk about what's on their minds.
2: Have you ever wondered what people are really thinking when it comes to behavioral health and wellness? And is the community and those making decisions on the same page when it comes to solutions? That's what we're here to explore.
3: Listen in as we connect community and Palm Beach County systems in an open conversation to help each other understand and explore behavioral health and wellness needs and solutions together. On the
0: couch tonight, we have our community couch members and our brain health members. We are going to do a round robin style introduction by saying who we are, what we do, And what brought you to the couch tonight? We will start with the project director of Healthier Boynton Beach, Ricky Petty. Ricky, tell us a little about Healthier Boynton Beach, the role you play in the Boynton Beach community, and the partnership with the Caregivers Club.
4: Good evening, everyone. I'm Ricky Petty, and I bring greetings from Healthier Boynton Beach. I have the the pleasure of serving as the project director. Uh, We appreciate the opportunity to partner with Be Well PBC and also the Caregivers Club on this wonderful event. For those that may not be familiar with Healthier Boynton Beach, what we are is we're a health initiative funded through the Palm Health Foundation. Our lead agency is Pathways to Prosperity, and our mission is to improve the lives of family caregivers in the city of Boynton Beach, more specifically 33435 zip code. Uh, We have three objectives. One is to raise awareness about family caregiving, Two, is to educate caregivers about the resources and services that's available to them. And three, to promote health and wellness. I'm so excited about this evening and I look forward to the conversation. Um, At this time, what I would like to do is introduce a phenomenal woman, uh, one of our planning team members for our caregivers club. Uh, With no further ado, I introduce to you, Ms. Angela T. Williams.
5: Good
6: evening, good afternoon, whatever time it is, wherever you are. My name is Angela T. Williams of Say What Enterprise, which means wellness, health, activity, and teamwork, where we focus on your wellness and not just your weight. I am a proud, proud, um, I'm going to call it a member of uh, the community of caregivers with Healthier Boynton. Um, we are a, again, A Healthier Boynton is a community-driven community driven um club that we inspire, support, and improve the lives of caregivers. And as a just a former caregiver, my mom just passed away. She transitioned on June 8th with Alzheimer's. My dad had Alzheimer's. And um, God blessed me with the, um, the privilege of taking care of both of my parents. At the Caregivers Club, we, we love on one another, we learn from one another we also listen to one another, we laugh with each other, and we also cry with one another. So we cover all those bases, and we get together to encourage again and inspire and motivate. And guess what? Sometimes we get to hang out and really have some fun. (laughs) We really enjoy those times. So thank you so much, um, Ricky Petty, for all that you do with Healthier
5: Boynton Beach. And thank you so much. Be well. Thank you, Angela.
0: And we'll just report out with Sabrina, Sharad, Mills, Simon, whichever one wants to go, let's go.
2: OK, I'll go first. <laughs> um, hello, guys. Good afternoon. Like she said, wherever you are, if it's morning or evening. Hi, my name is Sabrina Romillion. I currently attend Palm Beach State College. I also enroll in the Honors College at Palm Beach State. I am majoring currently in nursing, and I plan on transferring to Florida International University or Nova Southeastern University. It really depends on how things go. Um, My minor actually is behavioral neuroscience. Um, I'm interested in neuroscience because, um, when I moved to America, I noticed a lot about the brain when I was volunteering at the hospitals. And I also had a uncle that had a, um, personal experience with, um, neurological disorders. So it has become my interest to
5: go into. So, yeah. Thank
0: you, Sabrina.
7: Good evening, good evening, everyone out there in the internet land. My name is Jumel Mans, and I'm a resident of Pahokee, Florida. I serve as a church administrator at First United Methodist Church Pahokee and also Canal Point United Methodist Church. And it's really kind of a cool thing because Healthier Glades Pahokee, their office is on the campus of First Pahokee. So I get a chance to connect with Miss Annie Eiffel and all the wonderful things that she's doing in the Glades area, uh, Pahokee specifically, um, often. So I am here tonight by her invite, and also I'm excited because we have Dr. Lisa Weesey on the call as well, and I serve with her um, in the Glades as a faith-based health educator for brain health. So I'm excited about dialoguing with all of us tonight to see what we can do to continue to help in our communities here in Palm Beach County and literally throughout the world. So let's have a great discussion. I'm on my couch. I have some coffee and I'm ready for some answers. And I'm also ready for some questions. So whenever you're ready, I'm ready.
0: All right, Jermil.
8: Hey, everyone. I'm Sh- i Shrahil Lavin. I currently work for Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies as a prenatal outreach educator. I am a mother of five, three boys, two girls. I also volunteer in my spare time. Um, with a program called Leading Leaders of Palm Beach County where parents are getting together to expand their leadership. I'm a member of the EC Link Steering Committee and the EC Link Planning Committee and it's 40 parents who get together nationally to bring change um, and and make changes within early childhood systems, um, evolving around policy change and equity. Super excited. I'm new to the Be Well team. I'm just happy to dive in and I'm ready for some questions and ready for some answers as well.
9: All right. Hey, okay. Simon. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Simon Sapod. I am a resident of Boynton Beach uh, and uh, I am the primary caregiver for my wife, Mindy. Um and I'm here uh, to share my experience, uh, my journey uh, from what I I didn't know uh, to what I learned, what worked, what doesn't work. I'm here to help anybody that is uh, struggling or needs uh, someone to talk to. And um, thank you very much for inviting
0: me. Thank you for joining us. And before we go on to our brain couch members, we. I would like to mention that this couch conversation edition is a partnership with Healthier Boyant Beach and the Caregivers Club. Now I'm going over on over to the Brain Couch. And Henriette, Tequesta, and Lisa, you're welcome to just chime in. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I hope
10: that I don't cut out. If I do, I'll have to move from my couch to closer to the router. Uh, But I'm I'm so thrilled to see everyone here and grateful for Mr. Mann's representing our group. He's incredible. And I'm I'm just so thankful that to uh, hopefully be starting to make a little bit of a difference out in the Glades area with trying to increase awareness about Alzheimer's disease and related dementias and brain health and the importance of Uh, early detection, you know, because there are things that you can do, Um, and I'm distressed to hear that you had to care for both parents, Angela. Wow, that that is intense, and we have an active caregiver
5: here, Simon, so I'm really looking forward to tonight's conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. My name is Tequesta Alston, and I am
6: a very, very active member of Healthier Boynton Beach community, as well as their marketing and their caregiver program. I am currently a community liaison with Brain Matters Research, where your brain matters. And I am an active educator and outreach coordinator And my passion is brain health, getting people to understand how great brain health is so that we can prevent memory loss and so that we can move on from that. I also am a caregiver facilitator for support groups in the Boynton Beach and Palm Beach County area. So with that being said, I'm here to share my experience, my strength and my hope so that and and answer and receive questions and learn at the same time from you all. And it's so special to be here on the couch with you all tonight. Thank
5: you so very much.
0: Thank you, to Cuesta And Henriette.
5: Oh, yes. Hi, my name is Henriette. Thank you very much for inviting
11: me to participate uh, here. Um, it's a, a little different because what I mostly do is work in a laboratory with... <laughs> little rodents and stuff like that. So, And we studied um, the effects of exercise on brain health, uh, basically by putting them on little running wheels and seeing how that affects their learning and memory and how it affects the growth of their neurons um, in the brain. And I hope that some of that, um, you know, applies to humans and translates to humans.
5: Um, so um, I'll be happy to, to talk about that. of work if that's of interest to the
0: group. All right. Thank you, Henriette. And just a reminder, this is just conversation. We are going to have conversations. Anyone can ask questions. If I don't see your hand, raise your hand. Or if you want to put it in the chat, go ahead and put it in the chat. And also know that on social media, we may have questions coming in from that. But to jump this conversation off, I'm going to start with a question to the couch, to the community couch. When you think about brain health, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you?
5: When I think about brain health,
7: is it us, right? Me? Mm -hmm. Community? Okay. When I think about brain health, the first thing that comes to mind, and then it spirals up or down from there, I think about my mom and dad. I think, you know, at what point will something happen? and my mom and dad will be affected by the effects of Alzheimer's, dementia. And then what will I do or what will my siblings do? And because that conversation continues to resonate in my mind and now that I'm connected with Lisa and the church and and the faith health educators, my siblings and I are starting to have dialogue. I'm the oldest of three and we're having dialogue saying, you know, if that happens, Or when that happens, how do we respond to that? Um, It's kind of daunting. And I'm excited tonight because I get a chance to connect with all of these wonderful people throughout the county. Uh, simons he's experiencing it right now. Angela has experienced it in her past. You know, it may or may not happen to me, but gosh, what do we do? Well, that's what comes to my mind is my mom and dad.
0: And I can truly understand that because I I never said anything, you know, concerning my parents because I was there for them as well. And, you know, to see my father go through the Alzheimer's, you know, before he passed in 97, and then my mom was diagnosed with a brain tumor before she passed. So um, I was there. I was in those shoes. It didn't feel too good, but um, I made it over. If I can interject, uh, this is from
9: a, a late person. I, if I can interject, this is from a lay person's point of view. My wife had two, ma- we're talking about brain health. My wife had two major surgeries, 2016 and 2018. She was under general anesthesia. And when she came out of general anesthesia 2016, we started seeing the first signs in 2017. When she had her second surgery in 2018, she was she came out of anesthesia completely psychotic, and we had to leave the hospital. And when I always mention this to doctors, whether it's a neurologist or my primary care, they silence. They never associate anesthesia with dementia slash Alzheimer's. That's my comment. The medical field goes silent.
1: So I have a question, Jermail, you mentioned Angela T. And I know of some of Angela T.'s journey. I didn't know uh, her when she was taking, I knew of her. I've known her a long time, but when she was taking care of her dad, but I did go through some of the journey with her as she was taking care of her mom. And I also had the experience of taking care of my mom for about three months. So Angela T., the question to you, after taking care of your mom and your dad,
5: I just want you to express to us what are you doing for your brain health to keep to stay sane? Mm. Listen. I Thank you so much for that question, Ms. Rosa. Um,
6: the blessing about it is that I've always worked out, mm-hmm. right? I've always moved. i am always moved. I love music. Absolutely. I love movement. Um, and I love to meditate. So that's something that I've always, I've done before. And I'm telling you, it helped tremendously in this. And also what I can say too, um, a sense of humor, you got to learn how to laugh. That
1: you do have. I, that you do have. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to
6: learn how to laugh. <laughs> and you know, and every day, every day is a new beginning. Every day is Amen. different. Yes. Um, every moment
5: is different.
7: Yes. Right, yes.
6: Jamil. So, so I, encourage, um, I encourage everybody to make sure that you do some movement. Um, you move that body, whether you walk, run, you get a support system. I have a great support system. I have an awesome husband who supported me through both of these journeys, the the
5: journeys of my parents. So a great support system, a sense of humor, laughter, and hope. Yeah. You know, Angie, everything that you're saying, research shows that
6: exercise, meditation, social engagement, a healthy body equals a healthy brain are all attributes to brain health. So what you did was amazing to your survival and moving forward. I commend you on that because we try to get caregivers to take care of themselves. And it's so important as a caregiver, because if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't care for anyone else, you know? And with what we've gone through with this pandemic, we've got people that are isolated. They've gone through depression. They're trying to be caregivers. They can't get out. These are things, what you're doing and what Ms. Rosa does with exercise, Walking and meditation and tai chi and and yoga, just the simple things, prayer, reading,
1: whatever you need
6: to do. That is brain health,
1: and you really that is, and you really health. don't recognize until after you're um out of the moment, as I'm going to say, mm-hmm. that how much it affects you mentally. Because I did not recognize, and uh, my sister did it for years. I did it for three months, and for three months it it took a mental toll on me. And you don't recognize until you're out of that moment how much it affects you mentally. Really. Yes.
5: You have to walk in those shoes. And I have
0: a question. I have a question back um, as far as Simon is concerned too. Um, Simon, I'm hearing, you know, a uh, concern as far as uh, the doctors are going a little bit silent when you ask them certain questions. And I want to refer this question back to... Um, the brain health members, you know, and something like that, he's dealing with, you know, that quietness. But at the same time, I'm hearing you guys saying, you know, the exercise, you know, the meditation and all of this. But at the same time, suppose he can't get his mind off of what he's trying to get answered. And therefore, he can't take care of himself because top priority right now is trying to get some answers as far as it when it comes to his wife. So, what type of uh, of advice or whatever it would be that you would give Simon at this point?
10: Well, uh, yes, Dr. Van Black, go right ahead. Yes, um, Well, I think that the question
11: that Simon is asking is legitimate. Is there? I mean, it is a research question that scientists and doctors are asking: Is there a link between um, general anesthesia or certain, you know, those procedures and uh, maybe changes in brain function, or if there is underlying dementia, will that
5: become more apparent as a result of such a procedure? But I think that the um, uh, there is no
11: conclusion yet like the results are mixed, people don't know. So I think that what what's what he is picking up on is that basically that the doctors do not know the answer yet and they cannot
5: um say to him yes yes or no this was the case but it is a it's a very good question and it's being researched. Thank you.
10: Yes and I would I would suggest that you know if you have a doctor who's not answering your question time to get another doctor.
7: Yes you know
10: honestly you know unfortunately there is a a uh, right now um providers we have many wonderful providers who are really committed to trying to maintain brain health and understand the importance of early detection and screening and trying to initiate treatment earlier in the process where it may make a difference um and but there's still a lot of providers aren't really aware of that or Um, are still focused on the stigma that was associated with Alzheimer's disease for so many years. We're starting to see that change. You know, it's kind of like the cancer um, uh, event, you know, that used to be when you said cancer, it was like, oh my God, it's a death sentence and nobody could talk about it. And it was hush hush. And so, you know, we're trying to get dementia to that point also. And just to clarify for the audience, Alzheimer's disease is the most Common type of dementia. There are several types that we uh, routinely see in this community. Uh, but anyway, so you know, um, you know, if you're not in a position where you feel like you can talk honestly with your doctor and say, "Hey, you know, I found this that you know they are looking at um, you know post-surgical dementia, post-anesthesia dementia incidents, or larium incidents associated with those things," you know if you can't talk to them about that then um you know because sometimes as providers we think we're up on thing but i've had patients come to me and say hey did you see this study did you see that study you know it's always good to ha- be able to have that dialogue with your doctor and if you're not comfortable then you might want to think about finding another reason. also also to add to that if it's, to add to that
6: don't be afraid to ask your doctors questions don't be afraid to challenge them because if you don't you may not You know, you may not get the answers that you want, but at least you put the thought in their head that, yes, it is a known fact that anesthesia can alter one's memory, whether you have dementia or not. So please question your doctors if you don't have the
5: answers. Just don't settle for it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And in a sense, you just answered um, what you what Dakota Sasser from online um said to Questa, she's asking the question of does general anesthesia have a negative cumulative effect? It can, based
6: on your medical condition and where your brain is. I mean, we all know that when someone has surgery, when they come out, they're a little loopy. We all know that, but some of us that have had procedures. But general anesthesia, if you have an elder or a loved one or a parent that's getting ready to go into some type of medical procedure. I suggest that you ask your doctor about and the anesthesiologist about the type of uh, anesthesia they're going to be using on your loved one because it could make a difference on a block versus general. So you need to ask those questions to your doctor anesthesiologist so that you can determine which is the best
0: method for that procedure. Thank you for that, and Henriette. They're also asking to hear more, a little bit more from you on this topic um, that Simon brought up. From for me.
5: Um, yes, ma'am. Yeah. The, basically, basically there is not much more that I that I can add to that, except as I already mentioned that um, research is is ongoing. Um, To try to, um, people are studying the effect of, of of anesthesia on on memory function,
11: but I think that, that there is not a there's not a consensus or a conclusion uh, that has been reached between uh, researchers or physicians in this regard. So, and they say the jury's still out. That's that's all I can say about. It. And also, I want to add that I'm not an expert on the topic. My expertise is pertains to the
5: effects of uh, exercise on the brain, not anesthesia. And I, I would like to uh, nice. to ask a question to Shara uh,
10: on this um, on this topic. Um, did are you aware that uh, you know you you work with mothers and babies that um, that we see that things that are happening. Um, you know, early in life, what we call life course, um, history and events can really impact your risk for a dementia later on. So, um, it's, it's really a, across a lifespan illness and, uh, and exercises are a really important one. That's the one thing that we know really, uh, makes a difference, um, in, in many, many, many studies. So, um, you know, Dr. Uh, Bob Platt, you could you could talk more to that but i was just wondering if um if Shira, you know that that we now know that you know it's important to look at um early history of people you know did they have childhood trauma did they have malnutrition were they abused physio- physically or sexually or emotionally you know uh did, did they get education
5: formal education you know those kind of things can increase your risk mm. Right um, so that's I have a, a question oh the,
8: no, no, no. that's a very good point and that goes along with a lot of um the social determinants of health that affects um and that's an interesting study and i would be um happy to get more of the research of um revolving around that just because i really feel like a lot there's a lot of the similarities that are showing that if you um were um in if you did have childhood trauma or if you were um exposed to um, drugs or abuse, um, it's going to affect you later on. We haven't had specific studies, but I would be interested on um, if one of the doctors has the research For um, sure. behind that. Happy to send that.
0: Okay. I, and I heard Lisa say something about exercises. I want to um, direct this to Angela T. What are some of the exercises besides mindful breathing and exercise that can help with brain, with the brain or the memory? Of course, Zumba fitness. What I
5: do? That's ah! right.
0: That's right. <laughs>
5: yeah. ah, Ms. Yeah. Yes, Miss Rose.
6: Yes. Listen, coming to my class and Miss Rosa's class—that's what y'all need to be doing. Total <laughs> <laughs> body <inaudible> fitness by Rosa and NGT. Say what their fitness. Yeah. That's what we do. So, um, but yeah. So, so, <laughs> so I, I think about you know. Many things, you know. I, you know, I do boxing. Miss Lisa, Doctor Lisa, I do some boxing. You know, I movement, just movement and laughter, and just, just you know what, just not taking everything so seriously, right? So just having um that time, and like I said, deep breathing because sometimes it gets very overwhelming. And what I love, what I love, love, love about um the Caregivers Club as well as what we do here at, at, at our home, we just take time to share without being judged. So if mm. I say, if I say um, Simon, I am feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling a little bit discouraged. I'm feeling a little bit hopeless today. I just need you to listen to me. You know, And I, I just need you to listen to me and, I, and then I need to listen to you. Now that's how I feel. Don't mean that I got to stay there. But that I just how I feel. So I think Ms. Rose. Um, I don't know if I'm off talking now, but you off topic of what? But you know, I don't care. You are so totally good. I don't care I'm I'm about the couch. I'm on the couch. Go oh, ahead. Oh, <laughs> you on the couch.
0: <laughs> Gather those thoughts. <laughs> Gather those thoughts. So, because
6: cause my 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 um, it's not. I'm not consumed with it, but I am concerned about both of my parents having Alzheimer's. And guess what? Mr. Cuesta, I may be the next one. I don't know. You know, so that's why every opportunity I'm using my voice. You know, I am a special ed teacher and I'm also a social worker. So I am a person who advocate on behalf of other people and also make sure that they use their voice. So, um, I, I, I'm just doing it. so I, it is a kind of concern to me. I'm like, okay, you know, I' forgot what I was going to say,
4: but I it's realized everybody thing. forgetting
6: what they're going to say right about now. You
7: got that right. Ah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you
0: know, yeah. your: And with that, I want to go th- where did Simon? did Simon go away and Jermel? Yes. I right. want to know how are you guys taking care of yourself as far as your brain health is concerned?
7: For myself, it's kind of exciting that you asked that question because just today, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I am just blessed and honored to work out with one of the members of the First United Methodist Church congregation. And I'm probably going to butcher the age, but she's 80 plus. She's 80 plus, And she and I get a chance to work out Mondays and Wednesdays. And it benefits her but it also benefits me, it keeps me active angie t it keeps me moving it keeps me moving you That's know right she she shows up at three thirty so I get a half hour in the gym before she gets there and then she and I get an hour together and it's just an, an amazing way to have my own health and wellness and it also encourages and helps her in her golden years to just stay active. She loves it I mean this woman does two minute planks three minute planks Great you know what I'm saying I mean she's on it she's Wow. Yeah. So, you know, for me, wow. I, I also try to work out with friends on the off days where we get to, you know, walk or run for an hour or so. It's very important to me that that I try to stay active in my 40s because I know when I hit the 50s and beyond, things perhaps may happen. Um, and I'm aware of that. I just want to be prepared for the next steps like you and NGT. I'm not scared of the next steps. I just want to be prepared for the next steps. And if I can start that today, to get to there, yes, I'm already halfway there. Yes. yes. Never too late.
1: So, Henry, Henrietta, I want to go back to, since we're talking about exercise, I want to go back to, because I'm just a little, um, I want to say, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> you talked about exercises of the brain. Now, mm-hmm. Angie T and I are familiar with exercises for the physical body. Now, when I mm-hmm. think of exercise for the brain, I think of crossword puzzles. Um, so can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? No, no,
5: no, no, I'm sorry if, if I, if I didn't come across, actually, um, exactly what Angela is doing, uh, Zumba, It's excellent. So any type of, um, aerobic activity,
11: running, walking, excellent. dancing, bicycling, swimming,
4: okay those thank you are excellent it, for brain I thought- health.
11: The, the, there's no there's no evidence that the crossword puzzles or Sudoku or
5: does anything. the The thing that benefits your brain is moving your legs and your arms, your body,
1: and, um, and and getting your heart rate up. Thank you for clarifying because I was thinking of like crossword puzzles and that kind of thing, bingo crossword puzzle puzzle. That's the first thing that came to no, my mind when you said uh, exercising for the brain. No,
6: but you know, Rosa. You know, you know, Rosa. Um, research has shown through the Alzheimer's Association that learning new things, learning something new, also is beneficial for the brain. Learning a new language that you never knew, doing things that are challenging,
5: I do believe, is very good for the brain. Well, what what, what we, uh, we see it a little bit differently. What we would say is that being physically active, exercising, will expand your
11: the capacity of your gray matter and allow you to learn more new things and and, and accommodate uh, more information. so um, it's that, that's what what we say really that that the basis is um, is exercise. The basis is running. we uh, a colleague
5: and i um, we 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 published a paper not about three, four months ago where we had um two sets of older adults. The average age was 65. And these
11: people were at high risk for Alzheimer's disease because they had some, something in their genetic makeup that put them more at risk. And also they had um,
5: uh, increased risk because of family members having had um, the disease. And they um, went underwent treadmill training <laughs> for six months. So we're basically running on a treadmill.
11: Um, not as fun as the Zumba, but you know, <laughs> um, three times a week, very structured under supervision of the researchers. Their heart rates are measured. Their 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 oxygen consumption. So a lot more scientific measures were taken to actually see that they increased in their fitness level during during the during this period of time, and. At the beginning of the study and after six months, their, their cognitive function, their, their memory function was tested, basically learning a list of words and seeing if they could remember them or recite them backwards. And the group that was doing the treadmill training did better than the ones that were, were sedentary or that were, were just doing their, their usual, you know, walking or regular daily, daily living activities. So... Um, and, and we also took blood samples of these people at the beginning at the end and at the end and we saw that there were certain changes in the makeup of of their of their blood that that correlated with um with the exercise effects and with the memory effects so um so there's increasing evidence really that that just just the simple exercise just putting on your walking shoes or your running shoes is is really great but for, for me for i for
1: just keep health. doing what i'm doing walking Exercising, yeah, fantastic.
0: Before we move on to a question from Shara and Sabrina, I want to go back to Simon because he didn't get the opportunity to answer that question as to how is he taking care of himself. And afterwards, we have Shara and Sabrina. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, One of my
9: activities, which uh, in uh, public school, junior high school, high school, I was terrible in writing and uh English, in journaling. And through this journey with my wife, uh, I've developed more uh journaling and writing and putting my thoughts down on paper. And uh we have a community newspaper that's published uh every three months and I try to write an article and usually the article is maybe two or three paragraphs. But basically, it allows me uh, to be open and honest and put down my thoughts. So it's not so much on the exercise part. uh, It's more on my ability now to journal and document and put my thoughts down on paper. I hope that answers the question.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Shiraz, Sabrina, whichever one has a question first.
8: Yeah. So my question's around, um, I know because I'm a mother of five and um, trying to prevent any issues within having my kids having issues early or or myself. Have there been any studies regarding technology um, around how now we're on this Zoom call and over the last two years, everyone's staring at a screen or they're staring at their phones or they're just constantly um, involved. Is Are there any studies of showing that that is detrimental to our brains or um, to the, development, the developmental um, stages of a child's brain? Because I know um, our youngest, she's one, and she's already into technology, into her phone, into a tablet. So are there any studies of how that would negatively impact um, brain development or um, later on um, cause issues with brain development for Alzheimer's or um, dementia?
10: So I, I can tell you that, um, you know, we have studies that show that children who spend more than two hours a day on screen time activities score lower on language and thinking tests. Um, and, uh, this is for an NIH study, National Institute of Health study, uh, that's pretty well known. Um, then they say if it's more than seven hours, it can actually thin your, the lining of your brain. Um, so, uh. But the bigger question is, is if you are spending all that time uh, engaged in the screen, you're not socializing. And we know that um, that's a risk factor for increased dementia is um, decreased socialization. So it, it's really important to limit that screen time. Yes. Oh, and another thing, um, the, the number of hours that you sit um, is directly related to your incidence of cardiovascular events and your, your heart health, and your heart health is related to brain health, too, so
5: there's a lot of reasons why, as a society, we need to be moving away from so much screen time. Thank you. Oh,
2: okay, um, for my question, speaking for the, for the youth, um, since I'm a youth, um, and I'm younger, I wanted to ask, How early can you guys detect if there's any like brain health issues when you're younger or if you're a teenager? Are there any tests available yet? Or as for Angela, because she knows that her parents had these situations, is there any tests made for her to see if she could possibly get it? And if there is, what are they? I can answer that unless
5: somebody else wants to. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, first of all, um,
10: what we know about Alzheimer's disease, for example, is that changes in your brain can happen uh, 15 to 20 years prior to the onset of symptoms. And so that's why, in my research, we are actually in the faith health outreaches that we're doing out in the Glaze, we actually invite people 50 and older to participate. Um, and, and a lot of that is just to get a baseline reading of their cognitive function you know, so that if you test it every year, you can start to pick up changes earlier than if you were waiting on symptoms. Okay. Plaques and tangles develop earlier. There's also things like vascular dementia. That's the second most common type, uh, you know, where you could see changes because of your vascular health. Again, that relates back to heart health and brain health. Um, As far as very young, you know, when you're talking about teenagers or 30s, 40s, Um, A lot of times, um, if we know that someone has a parent who has had dementia, we will recommend that you get an APOE4 genetic test, because that will look to see if you've inherited the gene that puts you at higher risk. And it's a certain type of that APOE4 gene. Um, Dr. Von Prak could speak to this more, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get it. It just means that you're at higher risk,
2: you know. Okay. Well, do they recommend it for everyone or it's just like a thought they haven't made it mandatory? No, or absolutely not. You know, um,
10: and, and we do have something called early onset Alzheimer's disease, you know, that usually, we don't, um, detect until there are symptoms in an early age. And that's a real problem because people with early onset, they progress faster. Um, you know, they progress okay. faster right. in their illness. So, you know, um, you know, 50 on up, I think you ought to be getting screened. Uh below that, look at family history, um, talk to neurologists. Another thing you can do is you can get into some studies who are tracking people over a long period of time, you have know, family history, you know, things like that. But to add on to mm-hmm. that, getting involved well, in
6: brain health while you're young, you it's you're never too young. You're never brain too health. young to get involved in brain health, exercise, do all those wonderful things, yoga. Stay physically fit. Keep your mind active. You're never too young to to get started.
0: Amen. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Uh, Weasley, I heard you say something about the numbers of hours that you sit. It affects the heart health, which is associated with the brain health. Is there something written like in a pamphlet that perhaps we can start passing out to employers about all of this sitting and (laughs)
8: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my, that was my thoughts exactly. If I'm working and I I'm active, that's that's my thoughts. If I'm working, how? Wait a minute. I I'm active outside of work, but for the eight hours or ten hours or twelve hours s- that I'm working, it's a beyond my control no, to, to be. No, um, it isn't. Working. You got to
10: stand up at work. That's right. You got to get a standing desk. That's even right. If you got to buy your own or put it on the kitchen counter. Our dean at our College of Nursing, Dean George, she stands all day except for when she is eating lunch. And in fact, that's who I heard about this from. Yeah. And those standing stations are awesome
6: because I have exercise modalities underneath my mat. So when I stand, I'm rocking, I'm doing all types of things to keep me moving. So even if you are in a workplace, suggest it to your HR and you know i suggested it to my hr and then everybody in my office ended up getting one because i told them what it prevented back issues this issues that issues so it's it's a health thing so
1: hey go so for are it. the benefits the same if we're um because it's not realistic for some people to stand all day so the benefits are they the same True. if you're walking around every 15 to 20 minutes
10: yeah, that's a great question. Um, I just know that the, the the study that came out suggests that people who sit for seven to 10 hours or more a day are more likely to have a heart attack or stroke than those who sit five or fewer um, when I mm. just looked it up now. Um, but um, but um, I think that you're good. If you can get up every couple
5: hours, take a break, ten, do 10 minutes, I think that's going to take care of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So um, this is from a study in the Annals of Internal Medicine.
10: Um, it contributes to early death with your sitting. People who sit for more than 13 hours a day had a 200 percent greater risk of death.
1: Wow. But this is, this is very interesting. Wow, I
5: better get
6: up a <laughs> right. and you know, let's <laughs> That does not apply to you, Angie. That does not apply
10: to you.
5: Well, you know, most of us have these We have these smart, the
6: smart watches now that tell us when to stand when to walk, when we've reached our goals, so set that's your watches, true. that's what they're for.
10: Yeah, and that, that article that's does true. kind of answer your question. a question that highlight from it is participants who moved more and sat less, meaning less than 30 minutes at a time, had a 55% lower risk than those
5: who sat for 30 right. minutes at a time. That's right. <laughs> so if I...
6: I'm sorry, if I may, um, doctor, um, you mentioned the test call. Is it APOE 14? A- A-P-O-E,
10: four. APOE 4.
6: APOE 4. And okay. Cause mm-hmm. I just turned 60. And, um, so I may need mm-hmm. to get me, you know, get, get in on that test right there.
10: Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can go on to the Alzheimer's association website and sign up for their, uh, studies. You could also, how i my mother had Alzheimer's disease. How I found out uh about it was I just did the um uh the genetic testing the one two three me or whatever that was <laughs> it's been a few years uh because they'll they'll test for that if you're willing to pay for it but um it was interesting because there's three types three or four types of the gene Dr. that can do that only one of them is really associated with the uh, the dementia risk and yeah, I'm happy to say I didn't have it. But it's it's really good to know.
1: So what does that yeah. consist
6: of? So my other resource would be uh, Mr. Cuesta. I will be seeing Mr. Cuesta regarding yes. that so we, That's my I can help you with that because we've definitely oh, have I'll that cover. in our in our office.
10: Awesome. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> At no No
1: charge. charge. Okay. F-R-E-E. Wow. No free? Is that free?
8: F-R-E-E. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all it's heard that, right? <laughs> <not in> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> but please. Are there any specific supplements or is there a specific diet regimen that you would recommend? Cause I know that there's hype around. Um, and I know for years, I, I don't see it as much, but people still do mention like in cobaloba that was supposed to enhance memory. Is there any true science behind that? Um, and I know Sometimes they say the amount of water you drink. So are there specific foods or supplements that we should be taking that are continue? I mean, I know you want to have a well balanced diet, but there is there like a specific, like actual, you can say if you take um bee pollen, that's gonna improve your white matter or or whatever the um vitamin or supplement would be. I'm so glad you add that. I'm
10: sure uh Dr. Ron Plack and I are gonna say no to that question. Um as far as fruits, yes. Um, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables are awesome. They have antioxidants, which help. And Tequesta, so you can talk to this, can't you? So I'll let you talk about the fruits. Um, blueberries, go buy blueberries. Yeah. But anyway, the the uh, the one thing I want to tell you, there's never been studies to really prove the effectiveness of ginkgo biloba. And of course, how many of us have seen those ads for prevalent... Uh, <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes.
10: yeah. every, time you know, every time i see it i want to go buy some because it's so convincing um, and it's so expensive <laughs> that's it. yeah or the focus that's it so
8: um, yeah. you know
10: they based that study i looked it up in preparation for this talk and they based that study it was a it was a small study 218 people out of the university of wisconsin um Uh, No, sorry, not the university. It was a different group. They called the Madison Memory Study. And um, so although they did show some increase in cognitive function in 218 subjects um, who took it as compared to a placebo, it wasn't a statistically significant difference. So it didn't really matter. And it costs a lot of money. So you can make the decision for yourself. But at this point in time, the Alzheimer's Association is not endorsing or recommending any particular vitamin or uh, supplement uh, to that would support or enhance brain health. I think your diet would
6: be the best choice. A healthy diet would be your best choice.
10: Yes. So explain what that is.
6: A healthy diet would be like all your berries, your fresh fruit. You've got beans, you've got all of your green vegetables, you've got nuts that are very good for those of you that are not allergic to nuts. Um, You know, those are some of the components that would really develop a well-rounded diet. Cut back on your saturated fats. Make sure that if you're eating meats, they're lean meats. Try to stick with your chicken and your fishes. And, you know, you can't go wrong. Stay away from salt, stay away from sugar, And drop those sodas, guys. I don't know. People Mm
5: -hmm. are addicted to sodas. Get rid of them. them. It's poison.
10: Amen. And and even if you're going to do one change a week, like say you have uh, a soda every day at lunch or whatever, take one day where you don't have it. And the next week, take two days, you know, or one day a week eat eat blueberries you know just mm-hmm. you can do a small change one change at a time it doesn't have to yeah. be some big thing and right. over time right.
5: it'll add up right absolutely can you
1: eat absolutely. blueberry muffins does that count Whole brain blueberry muffins of oh. <laughs> course it's a start <laughs> <laughs>
8: Whole grains, right that's, that's exactly. <laughs> so throw in some flax seeds in there. Oh my gosh! Um, oh, there's
0: a question in the um chat. It says, "Are there any foods to stay away from?" I think Tequesta said a few of them. Yeah. I mean, Try to stay yeah. away from
6: those saturated fats. Try to stay away from fatty foods. You know, as I, you know, as African Americans, our history has dove into foods that taste good. You can learn how to develop Mm. foods that taste good without all of the saturated fats, without all of the ham hocks, without all of this, without all of that. And you'll learn learn how to develop a better taste for those foods. Once you take gradually, take them out of your diet, you will develop an appreciation and your taste buds will change. So don't don't think you can't do it. Take it in small increments and it'll be you'll be successful. We're talking
1: about foods. What is is there any study on plant based foods in the brain?
5: can't answer that one yeah plant plant-based foods yeah i mean anything that away from saturated fats is good so yes oh dr von black is talking yes raise your hand did you uh yeah, i actually wanted to say something about um the food thing um because there are um you know, food
11: food components that uh that do at least in our, our mouse studies have effects on brain health. On um, particular there are plant-derived um flavanols uh, so it's spelled f l-a-b a n o l-s flavanols they are um components of blueberries grapes um cocoa bean chocolate um that, uh, at least in our studies, have a variety of of effects on the brain. They increase brain blood flow. There are changes in the morphology, the structure of of nerve cells. Um, We see that um, mice that get this component in their drinking water uh, do better on maze tasks. They're also less anxious. And they have upregulation of uh, factors such as brain-derived neurotrophic factor that uh, support the growth and the health of of neurons. So whether this all translates uh, to humans obviously remains to be determined. But I'm not one to say like, oh, there's nothing to, you know, supplements or diet, there there could be profound effects of diet on brain health and in particular
5: for certain plant-derived uh components. So that's that's my two cents. Glad to hear that. Um I agree with the doctor because
6: um food does change your mood. Yes it does. So we we know that we right we know we eat certain types of food, we can get kind you know it could either drain us and other foods actually energize Mm -hmm. us. And and so, so food does change your mood. So we see it in a lot of students, because I am an educator. We see uh, a lot of students, of course, you know, eating the chips, eating the hot fries, mm. drinking the sodas and the juices. So parents can start with um, what they're feeding their children mm. and not just grabbing something off the shelf because it's easy. Um, you can eat better um, and it doesn't take a, a whole lot of time. Because I was hearing about the, the 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 walnut, it looks like the brain. <laughs> so it is a brain food, right? Good so, um Right. Yeah. So so um so those are some things like like some I oftentimes I put raw nuts. I don't get the processed nuts, so the yes. ones that's already made, the trail mix, right? right? So we get the raw nuts and we put a, like a I put like a package a little box of raisins. Uh-huh. So I get a handful of that, and then when I'm hungry, I just pop oh, that right. in my mouth. It, it, yes, it, it energizes does. me. Yes, it does. Right. So, so there are small changes, small apples. I, I don't like those big apples. It's some them. but small apples, you know, putting a, a small apple in your mouth. Well, not all at one time, <laughs> but you know, but put, <laughs>
5: you
6: know eating, eating on a small apple. So there, there's things that we can do on a daily basis, one bite at a time to change, to change our life. We, we have to change
10: yeah we have to right check. and you all may have heard of what we call the mind diet yeah um, yeah so you know it's everything we've been talking about you know dark green leafy vegetables or even green vegetables you know the fruits the veggies the nuts olive oil we didn't talk about that but you know i think greek food and you know, talk about the greeks have less uh, alzheimer's disease than other and that's what led uh to looking at what they eat and uh, a lot of fish you know they they say you should eat fish. You know, especially like a fatty fish.
6: Well, um, I got that like covered. I got that covered. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
5: But, yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. And
10: uh,
6: well, you and you wonder about the Mediterranean diet. How why the Mediterraneans live such a clean life without Alzheimer's?
10: Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm
5: talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
10: So let's all move to a Greek island, okay? Yeah. <laughs> ah, then we gonna make our
6: island right here, daughter. We gonna make. Okay. Our so, go. what would be amazing back to the children if we can start with our children? And I have a, I have adult children. They're millennials, and it's one thing I did do. I never fed them sweet. Certain things I never fed them, so as adults, they don't crave. They don't think about, mm. and they 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 have a healthy eating lifestyle. Not that I purposely did it, but I hope that I planted the seed that the young lady that asked about
5: teenagers and youth if you start now then you will know nothing else right that's right that's right
10: yeah I grew up in West Virginia and you know ham hocks green you didn't cook green beans without (laughs) ham hocks you know it's just negated all the good yeah so I hear you it's hard to get up that stuff yeah
8: (laughs) I think but for yeah, have. I was. Gonna, like,
2: um, sorry, I was you.
8: saying, but for some, it they cook it because it's all they have. Right. There has some type of a recommendation because I know coming from Louisiana, um, mm. a lot of the families you cook what you were able to afford. Yeah. So right. I think just being able to figure out what the choice, the healthier choices are, that mm-hmm. might
5: help. Mm-hmm.
10: Yeah, that's right.
8: Yeah, to fall
2: back on what Miss Alston was saying, um, I was born in the Caribbean, raised and born. So when I moved here, it was kind of really different coming to school and seeing all the different chips and all that stuff, because they don't really sell that to you or give it in schools because they know, like, that's what the kids are going to crave. That's what they're going to want. Everything is kind of like homemade and you have to actually buy it or make it. So I would say um, how... Would the community be able to, I don't know, talk to the district to make more of that incorporated inside of the schools? And just like she was saying, for the P, for the families with lower incomes that can't afford the organic stuff, I was talking to someone today actually about um, how back home they have like this land where there's just people um, they just plant a bunch of a bunch a bunch of plants like cilantro and all these things, tomatoes, apples, and all that stuff. So I was thinking for the community, why don't each city incorporate like a little farm or a little garden and anyone that doesn't have any um, money or lower income families can just go there and get those organic foods to make food at home. I I was talking about that literally today because we were hydro making these hydro plants. That's cool. I don't that's know how to cool. It, but yeah. So I was just thinking like that's that should that that would be a good idea to incorporate in each city. Like each city would make a plant me. or a garden or a farm or something. It doesn't even have to be that big. Everybody would just pitch in. Volunteers would come in and just plant a bunch of plants. Colleges students, college students like to do experiments like that. So even if the parents or um older people wouldn't have time to do it, the younger kids or like People from high school, kids that need volunteer hours, you know, try to make them pitch in some way, somehow for those people so they can get those organic foods and incorporate it in their. um, Unfortunately, we do have quite a few communities that have that
6: now. There's just not enough. We do have a lot of community gardens now. Boynton has one, Delray has a community garden, but it's just not enough. We need more. And we need to educate people on how to do. How to grow things. I mean, I have a little garden that I grow, but Definitely. you know, it they're there. We just need more.
2: Mm. More, more people helping. It should probably be mandatory sometimes. Sometimes you have to force it. And, and to the do school
6: and the schools have started developing healthy meals based on Michelle Obama's um, one of her platforms was trying to keep children healthy. So the schools have started having like salad bars and things like that. But it's up to the student to make the choice, and we have to then go back and change the definitely. mind frame of our students, which starts at home. So we have to start getting that going at home with the parents, so that they can then foster it to the children and break the chain. Because all chains, mm-hmm. all bad chains, can be broken and develop into positive change.
0: Mm-hmm. And it Everything. starts with you, definitely. I
2: agree.
0: I, I have a question. I don't know if I'm going to be asking it right, but I'm going to ask it. If you find yourself on that APOE4 spectrum for Alzheimer's, are there foods or medicines out there that can help slow that process as far as you getting Alzheimer's? Yeah, I, either one of
10: us could answer this, but you know, there uh the the short answer to that is no. Um, so you, but everything that we've talked about, all the things you you can do to delay the onset of dementia and Dr. Von Plack did point out that, you know, it's possible that some vitamins and things could make a difference. Um, you know, uh, but for sure the dark green leafy vegetables and the fruits and things like that and sleep, um, we now know that sleep is a risk, lack of quality sleep. You know, not getting seven eight hours of uninterrupted mm. sleep increases your risk for Alzheimer's disease yeah. and related dementia. So, if you know you're at risk for APOE from for dementia from an APOE three uh, positive gene, then yeah, you, you're you should be more motivated than ever to be starting to to incorporate some of these uh, positive lifestyle changes. And and going back to you all caregivers, this is even more important for you because you're at higher risk because of all the stress mm-hmm. that you've dealt with. So that's really important the, the medicines we do have when we talk about medications for dementia, they are to treat the symptoms, you know, and again, the earlier they start, the better opportunity they have to work. My, my mother, she was diagnosed right off the bat uh, because I was with her at, at Thanksgiving and uh, noticed that she kept repeating herself um, and her. This is back in the day. This is back in uh, the 90s. Her doctor was sharp enough to know, to put her on Aricept and amenda right away. And she never, she just stayed at that phase. She experienced a short-term memory loss um, until the day she died. She died from uh, a a, a bad um, uh, colonic infection, okay, like diverticulitis. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but we attribute, it doesn't work for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. we're talking about 39% of people. but you know it it does help to get medication symptom management on board early but right now there yes, is no does. cure you know unfortunately the only top 10 cause of death without a cure
6: and a lot of things that we're talking about today is prevention trying to prevent yes.
5: a lot of these things from occurring through healthy eating through exercise etc right all
0: right yeah. So we know that we're uh, winding down as far as time, but before we go anywhere, I would love to hear each of your thoughts. Um, This conversation was very informative. And I thank each one of you for bringing your authentic self here tonight. And I would like to say, you know, just ask that question of how was it for you tonight on this couch? How did you enjoy yourself? Tell us all about it. Go ahead, pop in. Awesome. (laughs)
7: You know, this was an an enjoyable experience. Um, If I may give a quick shout out, a a quick PSA announcement. This Sunday at First United Methodist Church of Pahokee, uh, Dr. Lisa and uh, a few others were having a health fair where we'll be doing some brain screening and um, we'll be doing some A1C screenings and some kidney screenings. So here in Pahokee, 491 East Main Street, First United, 12.30 p.m., we're having a health fair. So all of those folks in the Glades, if you want to come out for a free health fair, please join us. I have enjoyed being on this couch tonight, and I look forward to seeing all of y'all again on the next one, if it so shall happen. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming.
5: Thank you for coming. Who else want to give a little
0: shout out and want to tell us how your experience was on tonight?
2: My experience was great. I liked it um, being on the couch because I actually learned a lot, especially being um, younger and getting to know all this information at such a young age. Definitely will start making the change here and right now. Thank you for having me.
5: Thank you, Sabrina. This is TK.
3: Oh, I was was going to say, can you hear me? Yeah. I would say that it definitely has me reevaluating how I work from home. And maybe I should go get something to stand up. Um, They have desks where you can extend it and you can stand. And I'm definitely going to look into that. Yeah, because I sit down for hours at a time. I work out a lot, but I still do sit down for the majority. Absolutely. And work and stare at a screen. Standing workstations are great.
0: Henrietta, I saw that hand.
3: Ah.
0: Henriette, I saw your hand. Do. Oh yeah,
11: yeah. I just wanted to thank everybody, and it was a great conversation. And I just wanted to say for, um, especially for the young people and the people with the have, who have young children, is that don't underestimate the benefits of exercise while
5: you're young. That's when your your brain has the greatest plasticity, and you can build up reserve for a lifetime. Yeah, that reserve is awesome. Huh? Yeah. Now's
6: your (laughs) chance. I just want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I I just wanted to give a a a shout out. I'm thinking about how uh, healthier healthier Boynton treated us. Um, I was one of the caregivers, as well as uh, Rosa, that we um, we had a massage. You know, a facial a day at the spa. Amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. So I wanted to give a shout out to them because it is it, causing me to have a massage every month. There you go. And write it off. Yeah, write it go. off on my, on my wellness business. Amen, somebody. There you go. So, <laughs>
5: you know, you know,
6: <laughs> continue to do that because I have, I get one every week um, because, and I, and I, and it goes to my insurance and it's part of my wellness plan. So, It keeps me lubricated, oiled up, just like you do a car. You keep yourself tuned up. It is amazing what a massage can do. Yes, yes. Keep it up. And the last thing I wanted to say the last thing I wanted to say is about being a caregiver. I was reading somewhere where it says, um, love, 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 love doesn't make it easy. It just keeps you there. Right. So it's, Mm. yeah, I was reading that and it says, so I thought about my parents. I was like, as much as I love them, God knows it was sometimes I wanted to give up, but I, know I, I, I it kept me there yeah. because my yeah. parents took care of us. Yeah. So guess what? I, I, it, I just, I needed to take care of them and I've seen the fruit from right. my children's to my children's children. So, so I, I'm just grateful. So caregivers, guess what? It could be a blessing. It is a blessing it is. to be in care for someone else, but make sure you care for
11: yourself first. Amen. Amen.
0: That is awesome. Listen, I want to thank everyone out there in the listening audience tonight. I want to thank each one of you on this couch tonight with me. I mean, we're not on the same couch, but we're on. The couch.
10: <laughs> um, so
0: thank you, thank you, thank you for all you know for all you've said and done because I'm sure that when others who has not come on the couch tonight, when they hear this, they're going to get so much out of it. You know, so I love it, love it, love it. And at this time, I'm gonna please stay on. I told you there were bloopers. Uh, But TK, I'm going to hand this over to TK right now because TK has an announcement to make and I'm going to let her close it out. Come on on, TK.
3: Hey, can everyone hear me clearly? Yes. Yes. All right. So the announcement that I wanted to make, well, did everyone enjoy the the couch conversation that we had today? Yes. Thank
5: you so much for the invitation. Yes,
8: yes, yes. All right. Yes. Yes. So
3: that's great to hear. Um, the cool thing about our conversation is that you'll have the opportunity to hear it back. And then all of the other conversations that we've had in the past where the Community Connectors are actually launching a podcast. Um, and the first podcast will drop at the conclusion of this conversation. And if we have any podcast listeners, you can find it out on your favorite platform or Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music. Or I'm going to drop the link in there as well in the chat, but you can also find it at couchconversations.org. So we've had conversations similar to this, but on different topics. Um, our first episode was with 211, And that was, well, basically all of our conversations that we have with um, systems and the community um have been amazing. So we have some with two, had one with 211. We had a funders edition, um prime time and ELC edition. Um a school district with Palm Beach County was our most recent one before this where we talked about um COVID a lot in the school system. And it, I just want to say for that one in particular, it gave you a completely different outlook on what the school district is doing to protect the teachers and the students. Um, but basically all of these couch conversations that we have allows people to share their experiences but then also perspectives and be able to learn a lot that you did not know um, so if anyone would want to listen in more on those conversations or future conversations that we'll have you'll be able to do that again at couchconversations.org and that will um, launch after this call. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm gonna put that in the the
5: chat too. All
0: right. So I believe that concludes us tonight, but please do not go anywhere. Listening audience, good night. Thank you for coming. Thank you.